Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. What is faith? Many times people think that faith is simply believing something. That is not faith. Faith is specifically believing the truth of God. And many times faith is based upon what God reveals, meaning he confirms something as truth to you, and now your response is to obey that truth, obey what is revealed. Many times in the scripture, things are written so that we might know, not that we are doubting, not that we are unsure, but God confirms the truth of his word to us. And it's through that confirmation that we can respond with all commitment, believing God and responding to what God has revealed to us. That is faith. And we see that in the passage of Scripture that we're going to look at in this study, we see that faith is Miriam responding to what God has revealed. Take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Luke and chapter 1. Now, we saw a few weeks ago the angel Gabriel appearing to Miriam, that is Mary, in the Galilee. She was told that she is going to conceive a son, conceived by means of the Holy Spirit, and all of this comes to her within the context of redemption, that God has promised to redeem his people, and that redemption involves victory, specifically a kingdom victory. In order to investigate this, and this is not doubting on her part, but she was also told that a relative, her cousin, this cousin, Elizabeth, being an elderly woman, being barren all of her life, that angel told her as a way of saying, you can believe me because your relative, Elizabeth, has already conceived in her old age a son. And Elizabeth is there in Judah. What happens? Miriam. She leaves the Galilee. She travels southward into Judea in order to meet Elizabeth. That's what we focused in on last week. And we concluded our study, and look with me to that verse, verse 56, Luke's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 56, where we read, And Miriam remained with her, that is, with Elizabeth, about three months. And then she returned into her house. Now, notice three. There is a six-month difference between when John the Baptist was conceived in his mother in Elizabeth, and when Yeshua was conceived in Miriam by means of the Holy Spirit. A six months difference. Why is that important? 
Numbers are always important in the scripture. We see that the number six, Yeshua, he was conceived, the scripture tells us, back in that same first chapter in verse 26, in the sixth month. The sixth month in the Jewish calendar, the biblical calendar. Likewise, Elizabeth, she was already in her sixth month. Three months have transpired. So what should we get ready for? The birth of John the Baptist. So Miriam departs shortly before this child, John the Baptist, is born. And this is what we're going to focus in on in this study. The birth and what is revealed concerning this birth of John the Baptist. Look with me to verse 57. We read here, and the time for Elizabeth to give birth was fulfilled. So she is about to give birth. That time is at hand, and God is indeed a God of perfect timing. So the time for her to give birth had been fulfilled for Elizabeth. And she gave birth just like the angel told the father. She gave birth to a son. Why is that important? Well, son involves an inheritance. And we see that there's going to be an inheritance. That means that there is a future fulfillment for all of this. So she gives birth to a son. And look at verse 58. The neighbors and her relatives... They heard, and they also did something, it says, that they magnified the Lord, and then it says, His mercy. Now, it's an awkward statement. I realize that many English translations render it differently, but what we have here is her neighbors and her relatives having heard, and this is important because faith comes by hearing, having heard what did they do they also did something they magnified the lord that is they exalted him and then we're told his mercy why is that important again we saw last week there was an emphasis on mercy god is a redeeming god god will fulfill his plans and his purposes for his covenant people because he is a merciful god Learn a very important principle. Until you experience God's mercy, nothing spiritually that is good is going to happen to your life. Meaning this, God's work in a person's life, and there's no exceptions to this, God's work, God's blessings, experiencing His love, God moving and helping you, Everything that God wants to do in your life begins with you receiving mercy, His mercy. So our Lord is the Lord of mercy. And all of this is coming about because God wants to pour out mercy upon people in order that He will work in their life and He will bring about a fulfillment of His will in their life. But again... This all begins with mercy. Let me ask you a question. Have you received the mercy of God? There's only one way. 
the container, the means for receiving the mercy of God is the gospel. If you don't receive the gospel, you have not received the mercy. There's no other way. Now, I realize that many times people like to think that there's a multiplicity of solutions. There is not. You need God's mercy. And the only way that you're going to receive that mercy is through receiving the gospel. Believing on specifically one, that one, Yeshua, Jesus Christ. Conceived, as we've already talked about, by means of the Holy Spirit. This eternal Son of God that entered into this world through the incarnation, that God becoming flesh, in order that he could do the work of redemption. And there's that inherent connection between redemption and mercy. It is because God is a merciful God that he redeems. There's only one way. So they magnify the Lord, his mercy with her, and they rejoice. They were glad with her. Verse 59. Now, she gave birth, and we know something. According to the Torah. Let me just be very clear about something. If you are going to understand the New Testament, first, you need to understand the law of God, the Torah, what I'm speaking about, the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Bereshit, Shemot, Vayikra, Bamidbar, Vedivarim. If someone does not understand those books, what God is revealing, failure to understand the Torah is going to obscure for you both the person and the work of Messiah. What we see here in Luke's gospel, and this is going to become clearer and clearer, not just in chapter 1, but chapter 2 as well. Those whom God is using, those whom are spoken of in this first and second chapter, are those who are righteous. What does that mean? We've learned that. They apply the law to their life. Doesn't mean that they're perfect. It means that when they fail God, when they sin, when they fall short, they turn to the law of God to find reconciliation, to find forgiveness, to find just what we're talking about, the mercy of God. So all of this is so important. And look, if you would, to verse 59. It says here, and you'll see the relationship with the Torah in a moment. And it came about... For the eighth day. Now, literally, it means not on the eighth day. Of course, it happened on the eighth day. But what the text says, it came about for the sake of the eighth day. What eighth day? His eighth day. The eighth day of John the Baptist. We've learned he was born. And then on the eighth day, what happens? Well, we know what the Torah says circumcision and what is the purpose of circumcision see remember we began by by miriam remaining with elizabeth for about three months three is the number of revealing something documenting something 
And what is that pointing to? She left immediately before he was born. Because there's a son born, there has to be a circumcision. And we see, according to Jewish law, that, that it's on that eighth day that that newborn baby boy at his circumcision receives a name. And this is exactly what's going to be going on here. Nothing is surprising if you know the Jewish backgrounds. Circumcision, after the circumcision, immediately the name is given. What is the purpose of circumcision? Well, we see circumcision relates to, and if I, and I've done this many times, been speaking to a group, and I'll say circumcision is the sign of fill it in. And you know what's the most common answer? The law. That is the wrong answer. Circumcision is one of the 613 commandments of the law. But what we need to remember is circumcision was given 400 years before the Torah, 400 years before Moses. Circumcision relates to the covenant of Avraham. And therefore, it's that covenant with Abraham, a covenant of what? Faith. It was because of faith that he entered into that covenant. And what is the message of circumcision? Circumcision speaks to the death of the flesh. Notice that we ended last week talking about Abraham, the seed of Abraham. And what does that mean? God's covenant people. What is redemption? What's the sign of it? What's the benefit of redemption? We no longer live in the flesh. But the flesh is brought to death that we might live in the spirit. And it's only through the spirit that we can fulfill the righteousness of the law. It all has unity for the purposes of God. So notice here, verse 59. And it came about for the sake of the eighth day that, that they came to the circumcision of the child. Now, means the son here of of both Zechariah and Elizabeth and they came and notice it says and they called him by the name of his father Zechariah that was a tradition a firstborn son received the name of his father but this is something different why well the angel already gave the name the name that he must be called and we know what that is we're talking of course about john the baptist john the baptist he's the forerunner of messiah's ministry announcing it preparing the way and this term in hebrew for john is yohanan yohanan speaks about the god who is gracious and what we find is that there is a relationship between redemption and the grace of God yes God is merciful but it's through grace that we receive mercy it's through grace that one is saved one experiences that redemption it's through grace that God works in our life to bring about the fulfillment of his will and therefore it's not by accident that he's called John but notice what happens they call him by the name of his father Zechariah, verse 60. And his mother answering said, 
No, but he shall be called Yochanan, John. Now, all of this is in fulfillment of what that angel told Zechariah. Where? In the holy place. When he was offering up the incense offering, which goes along with the prayers of the people. What did they want? They wanted change, a redemptive change. They wanted reconciliation back to God. They wanted the will of God. And how is that? Through the grace of God. Write this down. There is a close relationship between God's grace and God's will. You can only experience the will of God through the grace of God. And the grace of God, that same grace which saves, also works in our life to produce the will of God to be fulfilled. That's why grace is so precious. So his mother says, no, he's to be called John, verse 61. And they said to her that no one among your relatives is called by this name. So the tradition is you honor a relative, one who is alive or deceased. In some Jewish communities, only those who are deceased, not those who are alive. Others have a different minhag, different tradition. But at this time, you would choose a relative. And they're saying, no one among your family, none of your relatives are called John. This just isn't done. Verse 62. But, this means in regard to this, they were uh, motioning. They were giving signs to his father. Why? In regard to what he desired for him to be called. So now they turn to the father, and this shouldn't be surprising to us because it is the father who brings his son to be circumcised. And immediately after the circumcision, they turn to the father and they say, what is the name of this this boy? He has a responsibility to name it. And what happens? Well, John, remember, because of faithlessness, we see that Zechariah, the father of John, could not speak. But now they're asking him, what do you desire for him to be called? And notice what happens. Verse 63. And asking, he was asking for a a tablet, a board, a writing tablet. And he wrote saying, John is his name and all of them marveled they were all surprised why well he writes this down yes john what is being emphasized is that the lord is gracious that god gives grace and everything that god wants to do through his only begotten son the eternal son of god messiah yeshua Through John that prepares the way, it all has to do with grace. And again, grace is connected to the will of God. Notice what happens. They're all marveling at this. Verse 64. And his tongue was open immediately, and his mouth, literally, and his mouth 
was open immediately and his tongue want to get this right and he was speaking blessings of god now when you look at this text and any text in the original language you know what you see you see things that stand out and for the last uh, several verses many verses in fact we haven't come in contact with the imperfect tense do you remember what I, I shared with you about the imperfect tense whenever we see it we should expect a change to come and John the father of John Zechariah he is blessing God for the birth of his son this one who speaks to the grace of God but we should expect a change that fulfillment of God's will is not going to be done ultimately through John but there's a change coming there's another one to be born but setting that aside he was speaking the blessings of God through redemption we can experience God's blessings verse 65 and it came about upon all all the ones that were there the fear for those dwelling around them meaning this when this took place it captured everyone everyone who was dwelling around them in that location it caused them to fear this word fear has to do with giving god priority it foreshadows what's going to happen why well you read the book of matthew chapter 3 we see that this one who was just born john the baptist is going to begin his ministry he's called john the baptist because he has a ministry of baptism baptism relating to repentance and it says all of jerusalem judea and the regions round about they go out to john's baptism what this is foreshadowing is this all those in the area that heard these things they're going to respond by giving god priority that word fear relates to giving god priority and it says and the whole mountainous regions of of judah all not just the cities but the mountains the highlands it is going to have an impact on that area and what else were they doing it says and all they were speaking and this word for speaking involves speaking thoroughly speaking completely there's a prefix for this word speaking which means to begin here and go all the way across and that's why i translated they were speaking they all were speaking thoroughly in regard to these words these things that are happening this and the word here that's used speaks about a prophetic word that produces an outcome all of this foreshadows that there's going to be an outcome a mighty outcome that relates to redemption salvation victory for god's people and realize victory is found in the will of god verse 66 and all the ones who were hearing it was set upon their hearts now what it's saying here is this because they feared god they gave priority to god god did something faith comes by hearing all the ones who were hearing 
what happens it says here it was set upon those who were hearing upon their hearts saying why therefore is this child why for what reason is this child what is the text speaking to us that there should be an expectation now here's what we should understand god is at work and when god is at work when he is moving his people should have an expectation god is getting ready to do something all of this is preparation we're talking about john the baptist his birth and the call upon his life all of that is getting things ready for the work of messiah there's of course his first work why he came the first time and there's his second work what he will do in the last days when he's going to gather up his people and he is going to give us the fulfillment the outcome in other words of our salvation that new body that kingdom body so what we're reading here causes us to to anticipate something greater to take place look again upon all those who were hearing in their hearts he said it and we could say set it upon their hearts those who were hearing saying what therefore will be with this child and the hand of the lord was with him this word hand understand we see hand relating to the work of god and what this scripture is telling us is god is going to work through first john the baptist and then john through this anointing this call upon his life he's going to prepare the people for who for the one who follows him for the one who is greater than him even john says and testifies i'm not worthy to even loosen up the shoestrings of this one john a humble man whom god used mightily to prepare a people a people for the mercy of god the grace of god and ultimately god's will so let me ask you a question are you prepared are you someone like these individuals that heard and they pondered what god was up to let me assure you of something god is at work today when you know prophecy you can see that god is bringing change about prophetic change it's going to begin with difficulty with hardship there is coming upon this world in the last days a time of darkness don't believe the false teachers who think things are going to get better that we're going to just triumphant over all evil and we're going to prepare the world for the kingdom of god and messiah's return no we're not what is the message for believers today take up your cross and follow me that is a call to serve it is a call to suffer it is a call to be willing to lay down your life for the purposes of god are you prepared for that is that the understanding that you have for what god is moving how he's moving today in the life of believers i hope it is because this is exactly what god is up to
Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.